0: Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to our ancestors... To those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in lineages into my life and into yours, I call out to these people who met the challenges of their time in a way that allowed them to grow, that allowed them to use the gifts that they brought into this life and allowed them to gain the gifts that are available to them in this life. I call out to these ancestors, even those who feel. They made a big mess of things, because as ancestral helping spirits, they are the best able to help me to make sure I do not do the same. So I call out to these people, dead though they may be, I ask them to be with us and to stand with us, the living, that we might meet the challenges of our time in new ways where newness is required, and that way we may stand firm in old traditions that have never faltered in their ability to support humans. And I ask the ancestors to help us to discern clearly which is which and to do what needs to be done so that we can make the medicine for our world so that there is actually a world here for those who are coming. And I give great gratitude to those ancestors for gathering round. And even with that gratitude in my heart, I reach out and beyond and through to those ancestors who were here long before they were ever humans. And I call out to these energies in their many forms to help us to remember the things that abide in life, to understand our true nature, and to truly become uh, clear and resonant in our understanding of what is unique about being a human in the best possible sense of that, and to bring that magic into the great web of life here on earth. And to all of these ancestors in their many forms as they gather around us here today, I give thanks. And as they gather, let us gather ourselves, reaching out to wherever you might find your conscious awareness at this time and bringing it down into your head and from your head into your heart and from your heart into your belly and from your belly as you reach down and touch the earth. Take a moment. Stop everything that you're doing, all the multitasking that people do in this day. Take a nice deep breath and offer your gratitude for this day. No matter what it's brought to you, we get for being alive. Thanks, thanks for this opportunity. No matter what the challenge and challenges in this day to do our work here in the world. We give gratitude for the fact that as long as we are breathing, we can change, and gratitude for the beauty and the wonder of life. We give thanks for the diversity all around us, and enormous, enormous gratitude for all that is around our entire globe, and for all that is, with gratitude in our heart, let us reach down through all the layers of the earth to the very center. And as we focus there in the center of the earth, reaching, reaching, reaching to the very center... Let our awareness settle into darkness and stillness and silence. Into that energy that is before. Before that which nourishes and replenishes and restores and rejuvenates. And let us dip our spirit hands deeply into this energy and draw this energy up into our body. Drawing into ourselves this energy that carries all the wisdom of manifestation how we can be guided to be here in form in a good way and in a way that is good for all living things. And may we use this energy in our life to understand how to truly cultivate groundedness, to be grounded here on this earth in our bodies and to know therefore where we stand and what we stand for and to build our sense of home and place around that. And let our sense of belonging come from this place. And let this not necessarily be tied to a singular physical place, but to carry this sense of home and belonging with us no matter where we do and where we go, so that we may be at home here on earth in this family of humanity. So let us open our doors to those who are different than we are. Let us set a place at our table for the other and open ourselves to those energies in our lives that are abundant, that would help us to become and the men and women that we're really here to be by provoking us through our discomfort to think differently and to be differently and to open to all the possibility of who we are in this life. And so with this possibility open in our hearts, let us understand that is in this way that we can open to all the different aspects of ourselves and learn to be in right relationship with ourselves, right relationship with our environment, right relationship with others. And right relationship with the invisible world and may we take from this wisdom of the earth a moment hopefully in each day that we might be blessed by feeling our place in the great oneness of all things And let us take from that our knowing of why we are here let us draw this earth energy up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind and from our mind up and out through the sky and whatever it, weather it holds for you today out through the atmosphere And all the way up, out through the cosmos, past all the heavenly bodies and the great mysteries of our universe, all the way to the highest power. And by whatever name you know this power, by whatever way you conceive of it, to connect with this energy and begin to draw it down, bringing into yourself and into our proceedings here today the energy of blessings and protection, the energy of generosity and commitment and devotion, We call these energies in that we might be inspired and our way might be illuminated. We draw in the benevolence of our universe, the wisdom of the cosmos and the beneficence of the big whole thing. We call this all in, into our mind and our heart and our belly and send it down to the center of this earth. And in this way, we draw the energy of the earth up and the energy of the sky down and we connect them to each other. Being this place in which the energies above and below, the yin and the yang energies come together in a wholeness, in the great big love that birthed this entire experience of form into existence. And may that love open our hearts, awaken our hearts to be what it is that our hearts have come here to be. And may that crucible of transformation that lives in your heart awaken with this vibration of this great big cosmic love. Let it open up that crucible that you may call up the fiery passions of the belly and call down that cool crystal clarity of the mind and draw these energies together here in the heart, letting them dance in this dynamic tension in such a way that they give birth to this third and most sacred thing, the memory, the sense, the feeling of why you are here. And as you connect with this energy, may you find the courage in this very same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring that energy into manifestation in the world. And for all the spirit help we all have in doing so, I give great thanks. May what needs to be said, be said here today, and what needs to be heard, be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I also want to give thanks to the people who are able to donate financially to the show and help me to keep the show alive and free on the air for those who are able to get onto the internet. Uh, the shows are archived at whyshamanismnow.com, on iTunes, and also at cocreatornetwork.com. So there are many places you can access the shows and the over 300 hours of archives, and I give gratitude to those of you that are able to help me keep making that happen. So to Christina and Eva... Julie, Rebecca, Marcus, Karen, and Jose, and all of the listeners who have donated financially, thank you. The show is listener-supported for those of you who are listening for the first time, and this means it is because of you allowing yourself, when you are moved in your heart, to move, let that motivation in the heart then motivate your actions in the world and to do something large or small to help the show to grow and if you cannot do something financially please do something in some other way that brings these teachings into your life perhaps into your journey circle perhaps you start a journey circle perhaps you learn how to journey in the first place that you do something large or small to help the show and these teachings to grow and um become um, a greater presence in the world not because these particular teachings are so very special but because this way of living in the world is so needed in our time that we might be guided together to co-create a way of going forward so that we truly can become the new people who will write an actually new story for the new world and so for all the many things that you are all doing um, to help me to do this I give great thanks. So, we are live today, and if you have questions about today's topic, which is about change and transformation, using your shamanic skills to do both, um, you are welcome to call in at 512 772 1938. You can Skype in from the code network.com site or email me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org. Um, all right, so change and transformation. I want to dedicate this show actually to the 24 intrepid souls who join me for Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self, which is, of course, part one of the four-year cycle of transformation um, training that I offer. We had an amazingly diverse range of people in terms of their heritage, of their people and where they come from. cis trans, gay, straight, experience in different forms of shamanic ways and in age. We had an age range of over 50 years from a young 19-year-old to someone well into their 70s. It was just an amazing group of people. Um, It was a wonderful week and images like this dawn ritual with people scattered all over these rocks in the desert greeting the dawn as they began and prepared to awaken their authentic selves just uh, still uh, rest clearly in my mind as just really beautiful high moments of my life and this experience has me thinking about what they'll be working on for the next six months until we gather again Which has got me then thinking about the skill, the ways to use our shamanic skills um, with some discernment, um, not just by rote, but with some skillful application, which then of course has me thinking about change and transformation. So what is the difference in the first place between change and transformation? There's a lot of really great information out there in cyberspace Um, if you're a business (laughs) <laughs> but you're a person. And the information out there for people, for personal change and transformation, is still somewhat muddled. It's it's interesting that the clarity that we have from the business world hasn't really translated over into the personal world. I find that um, kind of odd because actually in my last sort of straight job in the world, um, I was actually a change management person for the phone company um, in California and um, this was a really long time ago and and certainly the information around around change and transformation in businesses is really grown in that time there's a great clarity it's it's really unfortunate that in our personal change change and transformation keep getting used completely interchangeably without really understanding the distinction between the two um, you know, so what is the difference between change and actual transformation? So change itself can be small or incremental. It can be simple or very complex. It is not, you know, change isn't just a small transformation. It's not an issue of scale. It's really an issue of the quality of what we were looking for. And I don't mean quality as in good or bad. I mean as in the, the substance of it. Um, So, this this isn't a question of size. (laughs) Change is something that needs to be measured as in a new standard being set. You know, I'm going to measure the change in my life by, you know, setting some standard that is other than what I'm doing right now. And then uh, change needs to then be consciously and consistently monitored and maintained. so this conscious external effort needed to monitor and maintain the change is required um, to achieve the desired results of the change. And the reason for this is because change allows us to change back, thus the monitoring, thus the measuring that, um, that our change is working and that it is continuing to be in place. Um, and so the thing about change, A, is that we can change back. And the challenge, of course, with change is that we often do. We often do let, let the new actions, the new behaviors, the new practices go. And over time, we go back to where we were prior. So change is needed when we want to implement something discrete. In other words, I am chronically ungrounded and I want to begin to function as a grounded person. You know, that's a discrete change. And um, so change then um, allows us to manifest a well-defined shift. Um, versus uh, wanting something that we can't we don't clearly actually know what it is going to be by the time we get there that's a transformation but going from being ungrounded to grounded is clear if we put this in sort of the examples of a shamanic context so change focuses on finite initiatives that will create a desired shift in the way that things work in our life so I want to learn to be grounded so that XYZ can happen in my life. And the other thing about change is it's not easy. You know, again, it's not just a mini transformation that's simpler. Change uh, can be very simple, but it is not easy. And again, you know, this, this isn't an issue of size. So if we look at people, these people, these 24 people have just completed masks, there's a boatload of changes that are laid out for them now. They uh, And, and, you know, I'm happy usually if people start two of them because there's a huge list of changes. So, for example, starting an altar practice or adjusting their altar practice, starting an intuitive energy awareness practice, which is the base energy awareness practice that includes grounding and boundaries and, and chakra awareness so that they can then support another change, which is starting a clearing practice. There are other changes like beginning to use shamanic journey as part of your everyday problem solving. Um, and the list goes on. I mean, those are just the things I could think of off the top of my head, but the list goes on and on in the changes that we're asking people to be bring into their life because these are the things that people do when they're living shamanically. Okay, and that's the whole point of the training. So each of these changes... What, what's interesting though is that each of these changes, if they're actually made and maintained and con- just continued over time, any one of them in and of itself is life-changing. So if you're able to manifest two or three of them, that your life is profoundly changed as long as you keep doing the practices and do do the um, – keep keep up the good work basically. Okay so what's interesting then and when i think about these people that just did this workshop is we also did ritual every day every ritual was designed to set a transformational process into motion some more focused and with a greater sort of punch than the others but they're all meant to work together in a larger transformational process ritual really that is the whole week and so you know it's in it's it it may feel a little bit like overkill, but these people have practices that they could change, you know, bring change into their life, which would, if they do them, would ultimately change their life. But in addition to that, there's all this transformation going on. And so it's really quite, um, quite a lot to handle. So transformation is almost always large and significant because it's happening at the level of belief or value, at a very core level or soul level um at at a very core level that then radiates out and touches everything else therefore even the even when we succeed at the most specific transformation changing one belief or one value one soul part coming back we ultimately then change everything so transformation is ultimately large and significant. Which leads me just to say, one of the main reasons people fail in their transformational work is they try to transform too much. And so then when it begins to ripple out and touch everything in their life, it's a complete overwhelm and they can't track the process. And so the, the power of transformation and shamanism is the focused ritual, focusing the energy in on the specific things that need to transform so that when they start to ripple out and touch everything in the life, we're not just completely overwhelmed to the point of being useless. Which is we can't track everything. We you know, we drop all the plates we've got spinning. You're like those Chinese acrobats that spin all those plates, right? They all come crashing down and and we have to start all over again. Right. And we're trying not to do that. That's the point of using our skills skillfully. Okay. So Transformation, so it's almost always large and significant, it, and, and it is an internal foundational change. It's a change in your beliefs or your values, as I said, or the, the qualitative state of your soul in terms of soul loss and soul retrieval, and it results in a change in your actions um, because you've changed at the level that drives our actions, Right? So it, it changes what you do in your life not because you've set a standard and you're monitoring yourself to that standard but because you now have different beliefs or values or different awareness at a soul level and so you are now by your very new nature going to act differently. So it doesn't need to be monitored. It doesn't need to be um, tended in the same way. So transformation is about modifying beliefs or values so that the natural actions that arise achieve the desired results. I mean the results desired by the transformation itself. So in other words, if I go to a fire to transform certain energies that are no longer serving me so that I am free to live my authentic self – that's, that's the effort to go to the fire for the transformation that's going to allow me to change in such a way that the desired results are. Those old behaviors are gone and I'm able to free up energy and resources and awareness to approach living my soul's purpose in a different way. Okay, so transformation does not require any external influence to monitor or maintain, as I said, because it's a fundamental um, at its fundamental nature, transformation is permanent. There is no going back and that is, that is a really important distinction. Um, if you can go back, no matter how profound the experience felt, if you find months later or years later you've gone back to where you befo- were before, it wasn't a transformation. It was an enormous change but not a transformation because there is no going back from true transformation. So the overall goal of transformation is not just to execute a defined change but to redefine the very values on which your life sits and the internal culture from which you, the way in which all your internal voices add up to create the person that you are, your internal culture and and frankly your relationship with your culture and outside of yourself And the willingness to do all this based on a future vision, a possibility, a desire to do something in a different way, but there's no guarantee in transformation that you will succeed. There's a fairly reasonable guarantee in change that if you do what you're supposed to do, the change will succeed. I mean, if you don't do it, of course, it won't. But if you're doing all the right things basically you'll get the outcome whereas with transformation sometimes you can do all the right things and it still doesn't come together and so there's a great deal of risk inherent in transformation because of the unknown that is always present if we're trying to change something at such a fundamental level trying to create a transformation at such a fundamental level so transformation is much more unpredictable it's iterative meaning you have to um, Pay attention to it again and again in a certain way, and it's experimental, right? Um, and it entails a much higher risk. I personally, from my life experience, feel transformation is much more successful when you co-create it with spirit. I feel like the the managing the unknown element of transformation works much better in my life, at least, when I call spirit in to do it with me than when I try to just manage that myself. Okay, so given all this then this distinction between change and transformation so how do you know you want a change or you need a change so to be honest mostly we don't want change right we don't like change humans just don't like that right sure we like to go buy new things or we like to take a vacation instead of going to work but these are very superficial changes and they are well superficial and and temporary um they don't um we, as humans, just don't really like actual change, changing ourselves. We're, we're grumpy about that. We don't like the discomfort. We don't like the newness. We don't like it, right? However, what we do often want is a relief from some chronic situation in our life, some situation in our life like not having healthy boundaries or being ungrounded or not knowing what our soul's purpose is. You know, that we have some chronic situation in our life, chronically underemployed, um, chronically losing the love we think we've just found, um, chronically losing our car keys, chronic mishap, that some sort of chronic situation in our life that we realize we would really rather live without. So you know you want a change as much as you don't want change. You know you want a change uh, when you're unhappy or unsatisfied or potentially even horrified by the sum total of your life day after day. If you sit back and you reflect on your life and you look at what you created with your time and energy in that day and some people are really unsatisfied um, or unhappy. I mean some, if you're really honest, are are pretty mortified with what – what they've done in the day. So this is a sign that you want change of some kind. You know you need to change if the way that you manage your energy in the day results in being overwhelmed by other people or being depleted always at the end of the day. And I mean this beyond the fact that any human being, no matter how much you love your work, if you're doing it for six to eight hours a day or more, you're pooped. That's the nature of doing good work. There's nothing wrong with being pooped at the end of the day, but pooped, you know, just like, wow, that was a good day's work. I am ready to relax and to restore and begin to have a good night's sleep. That's normal. I mean depleted. Like you're dragging your sorry ass up the stairs and can't even fumble the keys into the door, right? You're really depleted and unable to even approach. I mean, the thought of feeding yourself is like more than you can do. the thought of actually feeding yourself the right food is like your brain can't even go there, that's depleted I mean that's really surface level of depletion, there are deeper, deeper signs of depletion so if you're depleted at the end of every day you need a change, a bottom line, so if you know you need a change by the fact that the wake you are leaving in life in other words what you're leaving behind you as you go through the day is hurting other people or It's creating a kind of unhealthy chaos as you move through the day that's affecting other people in a really detrimental way. That not all chaos is generative. Chaos is generative but not all chaos. Some chaos is just flat out destructive and it is often created by people who are unconscious and unaware of their life and that is another kind of change to look back at the wake in your life and everybody's always irritated and frustrated with you maybe you need to look at that maybe something in you needs to change now this is not to say you're responsible for how people feel about what you're doing that's not my point my point is that you are looking at your wake through the day and judging that you know did you just plow through the day that was a five mile per hour zone at 45 miles per hour and destroy the fragile life on the shore You know, if you look at that metaphor, look back at your life and say, wow, you know, I wasted a lot of energy and a lot of time and a lot of resources for what in this day? So these are the things that help us know that we need a change whether we want it or not. So with that said then, how would you know that you want a transformation or need a transformation? So... These questions are important because most people skip over this. They try to transform what really needs to just change, or they just try to change what really needs to transform, and thus both efforts fail. That's the first place that we fail. The second place that we fail is not actually assessing the present moment accurately. And if we can do those two things well, then our shamanic skills can really help us to succeed. But these basic things, understanding what is change, what is transformation, when do I want change, when do I want transformation, which am I shooting for? This is this the is important beginning of any of these um, projects, basically, in life. Okay, so that's why I'm bothering here to talk about this. So, How do you know that you want a transformation or need a transformation? Because just like change, you know, we don't like transformation. We like the high of the event of the ritual or the ceremony, but we don't really like the chaos that comes after. For the same reasons, we don't like change. We don't really like transformation. And we're afraid. I mean, there's that great saying, you know, the devil, the devil, you know, is better than the devil you don't. I mean, this is, this is the anti-transformation saying. It's saying no matter how shitty it is, stick with that because you don't know how shitty it could be, right? This, it's a, it's a, whatever those things are called that people say to avert people from taking risks and transforming the current reality for something else that it could be. It's a deeply debilitating, um, what's that called? Anyway, thing that people say. And if you're saying it, you should stop saying it. Because basically, it goes against all um, beliefs and values that, that underlie living shamanically. Okay, so transformation. One, we don't want it, but we often need it. So we know we need a transformation when we can see over time that no matter the circumstances, we simply do not feel whole. No matter how happy and beautiful our life is, no matter what it is that we have created, we simply do not feel whole within ourselves, And this is a soul loss issue. But soul loss is a transformational healing. It's not therapeutic. It's transformational. And so we need a transformation when after years of hard work, um, when we have manifest everything we ever imagined that we wanted in our life, we find that it doesn't bring us the satisfaction that we imagined that it would and that we arrive and we are satisfied and we've worked hard and there's nothing wrong with what we've created other than the fact is it does not fulfill us as we imagined succeeding in doing it would. We need a transformation when um, we hear ourselves saying, if this is all there is, it's just not worth it. And if this is really all life has to offer, it is just not worth it. That is definitely time for some risk-taking and transformation. So we also need a transformation. This is the, a hard one for some people to see, but we need a transformation when we've really fully lived out a dream. And we've really loved doing it, but the dream has run its course. You know, the typical one is your children are grown up and they're leaving home and your dream of parenting has run its course in that sense of the child in the home. You'll always be a parent, but the dream of how you do that needs to change for that kind of healthy parenting when everybody's an adult. But more important, at that point in time, when the kids are all adults, parenting is not a sustaining dream for the parent. It's not big enough. Right, and so if 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 a parent can't imagine what could, they could possibly dream now for their life that doesn't involve their children, then um, you know dream of their own life, their own passion, their own desire. Then there needs to be a transformation. Something needs to be changed at a fundamental level so the person has access to their dreaming again and so that's just one example of a dream that gets lived out the most common i think the most familiar for us but for many people this happens in their profession it happens sometimes in their the life of their heart that a dream is simply run its course and it's time to open yourself and dream a new dream and you can't um it's really typical problem with people that perform actors or dancers especially dancers because their career gets ended just as they're getting good at it usually because their body's falling apart, unlike actors who can often act well into their older years. This sense of what what else after that passionate dream, what else could I possibly do? Right? This is a big issue culturally in America and the need to engage in transformation, not just flail around and try this and try that, but to recognize an entire era in the life is ended and it will require transformation to reorganize ourselves to open to the new dreaming. We need transformation in our life when our disappointment with life begins to overwhelm our desire to engage in it. Um, That sense of recognizing that life or the culture, the world we were promised is really not here and isn't going to be and the desire to engage in it is now losing. Uh, and being crushed under the weight of the great disappointment of what is. That's definitely time for a transformation. And we need a transformation when our body says no and we start to get sick. Our body says no, no, no. What is going on here is not worth my 100% engagement. And we begin to get sick. Obviously, there's a need for a transformation there, especially when we get diagnosed with something that is considered chronic or terminal or unexplainable you know, then we're really in a relationship with our body, putting its foot down and saying, you must transform. And it usually means our transformation is somewhat um, overdue. So we need to transform when we find, um, that our love life is a lie that we have been betrayed and we feel shattered and destroyed by this, the realization, um, That some, you know, it's like the the classic is the realization that your spouse has an entire another family in another state that nobody knows about. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh because that would be horrific to experience. But but this realization that this life we thought we had isn't what it appeared to be. And that uh, then it's time for a transformation. So change requires becoming familiar with the current situation and working to make something different. The desire to improve um, the past directs the change, right? And there's nothing wrong with that because the beauty of the past is it shows us what doesn't work and what does work, okay? So the past is the fundamental reference point for change and the actions are intended to alter what tends to happen based on our past experience of ourselves. And when we change, we create a reconditioned future or an improved version of the past, Okay so it's a, it's an improvement of our current situation. I go from being someone who's spaced out and not grounded to someone who's living in our body in her body and being grounded. I go from someone who who didn't understand the need to have healthy boundaries who has learned to have healthy boundaries and has um really stayed constant in the changes that will happen in every single relationship once we choose to have healthy boundaries. Right? So that's that's really good and important change but it's based on the past and our decision that what was true in the past just isn't working anymore for us okay so transformation also requires becoming familiar with the present and like I said this jumping over the step of really understanding what is going on in the current reality this is a big reason that our change and transformational efforts ultimately fail So with transformation, you need to both uh, become familiar with the present, you know, and clarify what is desired in the future. Um, It's important, though, to to detach the possibilities in the future from the past when we're looking for transformation. Because with transformation, we're wanting to invent or to actually co-create possibilities that don't feel like they currently exist right? And so we're bringing bringing a new possible future into manifestation. So it's not just an improved version of the past, but it's an entirely new version of the future. And so our only limits in doing that are our imagination, which often gets bound by the stories in our head. And of course, those are stories that exist in our head because of our past experience. Um, Our transformation can also be limited by our Um, degree of courage our willingness to take risk so transformation processes are often crippled by um, our risk adversiveness and our fear of pain and I'm not saying transformation always involves pain but we often perceive of things that are new and different as something that is painful it's a it's a perception thing because of course in the future it might become normal so, uh, it's just how we are with newness and change, and, and our uh, perception that discomfort is pain versus just recognizing discomfort's just discomfort. It's not necessarily painful. I mean, cram your little feet into point shoes and dance on bloody, bleeding, blistered feet. Then you start to understand what pain is. You know, pain is not being allowed to succeed based on your intellectual merits because you are a person of color or because you are female and therefore you're not allowed to rise based on the efforts of your own merits. These are things that are painful. Just being in discomfort because you're doing something new doesn't really count as pain, but we treat it that way and so consequently we chicken out. But the important thing about transformation is is the the degree to which we can go forward in transformation is constrained only by our inability to open ourselves to possibilities that we didn't perceive existed before. So the other thing about transformation that is really important is when we've truly transformed new systems emerge in our life. So we so so okay so many people say, "Oh my god, I went all the way to um, you know, Peru. I did ayahuasca. I was initiated, and and I'm thinking, why are you calling me? Because there's this pers- perspective that initiation occurred, which is like quantum level transformation, true initiation. There's this feeling that that's what happened. But the point is, back at home, the person is actually still living in the same systems, which they're now coming to me to help them to change. So what that tells me is that in the ayahuasca experience, massive change happened, massive, like brain rattling, heart opening change happened. And that's really valuable. But by labeling it initiation, the person did nothing to maintain and sustain it. And so it really wasn't initiation. It wasn't even transformation. It was simply a whole lot of change. And so this whole thing that We know transformation has occurred because new systems emerge in our life, meaning the systematic way in which we do things. And we know that a transformation is true because it is sustainable over time without constant monitoring and maintaining because we've been made different. We're not able to go back. And so the primary distinction between change and transformation is that change is reversible. And transformation is not. And so I guess if you take anything from this show today, I'd like you to put more value and more, uh, more um, honoring and recognition for the power of change in our life, things that we simply need to cultivate and maintain and change and to understand them as distinct and valuable important for us to do because it actually begins to um, create the foundation to prepare the mind for the possibility then of the transformation and our willingness to engage in transformation then prepares the mind for that possibility of initiation for those of you who actually even need initiation to do what you're called to do in your life and not all of us do. Most of us need transformation to do what we're called to do in our life, but we, most, not all of us need initiation. You know. And so that in this, in this um, sort of typical, very Western thinking, American thinking, I want to be the shaman, I want to be initiated, I'm going for the big event, we tend to dismiss and thus cripple ourselves by not appropriately valuing and understanding the power of change and actually committing our energy and resources and our own life to making the changes we need to make, which then supports the transformations that need to happen, which then could potentially support an initiation if that even needs to happen. So, moving along then. So, true change and true transformation both begin with successfully. Successful change and successful transformation efforts begin with accurately seeing your present reality and this is essential or our efforts will be grounded in delusion or fantasy and the results will be lackluster at best, mediocre etc., if anything changes. So thankfully this is one of the great strengths of shamanic journeying, I mean I see shamanic journeying at, at at its most basic level. As a means by which we can get the information that we don't have, that we need to make a sound decision. So if if we expand extend that further into crafting a process for change or crafting a process for transformation, that that um, capacity in shamanic journeying is even more important in that it gives us this ability to see reality in ways we weren't seeing it to see in a sense see through our own illusions those that we are casting and potentially even to see through the illusions cast by others be that your family expectations your your sense of your family responsibilities um or the sort of cultural expectations cultural norming for example i see um an issue arising around gender in people that are coming to me for help. And the gap that's happening is that culturally, because American culture is so unbelievably screwed up around gender, that it creates an issue that is enormously heartbreaking and really distorting for people whose gender does not fit neatly into heterosexual boxes, or even neatly, frankly, into gay boxes right so the so so the culture the the illusions and misunderstanding of the culture then creates images through great pain in the lives of people that are simply more interesting more gender variant more diverse in their sense of their relationship with gender and sexuality etc but from a spirit perspective it's a complete non issue because People and their expression of their self, their gender, you know, who they are in the community and who they want to have sex with is all an expression of their spirit. And so this, this quote unquote contemporary issue we have around gender from a spirit perspective is a non-issue. In other words, the change, it's not this huge transformation that's required so that you can come to terms and know yourself. You do know yourself. The issue, the change that is required is just letting go utterly and completely of the illusions that the culture has cast on your reality of what is normal, what is not. And then the change is required to just drop, you know, like the clearing of the effects of this messed up culture on what you've known since you were a child. And to just be what you know as a child. And I I don't mean that in the sense of um, dismissing the pain of being that in our culture. But that from a shamanic perspective, in a sense, what the spirits are saying is these people are carrying a pain and a woundedness, woundedness that is not theirs to carry. It is the culture's pain and the culture's woundedness. And you need to give it back to who it belongs to. And so how do you do that? You know, it's a change, but it's not the transformation you imagine it to be because you're fine. You don't need to transform. The culture needs to transform. So it's really a, an issue of cultural transformation, not personal transformation. It's an issue of personal change. Anyway, okay. Not to get off in left field here. So the point that the Helping Spirits are making about journeying is it is a great tool to see through illusions. Are they yours? Are they the cultures? Are they your families? Where did they come from? What is the root of this illusion? And how do you clear the illusions away from the current reality so you can design for yourself with the help of spirit a clear and effective change process or transformational process? Okay, so asking to see through your own illusions isn't a bad question, right? The only issue with that is relative to what? If you just go ask the helping spirits, help me to see through my illusions. You know, the list is endless, right? <laughs> you kind of know what? This illusion relative to what? You know, we, we are ripe with illusions in our life. So the important thing is to set a boundary or a perimeter in a sense around the current reality that you're wanting to get clear about. And so, what is it that you want to change or transform? And what, what's the perimeter around that part of your life? I mean, if it is your whole life, then qualify it relative to time. So for example, show me the illusions that I cast in my life in present time something to qualify this. You could also, if the change you want to make is in your dynamics in relationship, then you would ask, show me the illusions um, in my relationship life. Show me the illusions in my work life, you know, to qualify these questions um, because the, you know, the mess that we live in from a spirit perspective is pretty big and it's really hard for us to grasp the whole thing. So, so our journeying could be much more clear and direct if we do a little bit of brain work to create a perimeter around what it is we're actually asking about and to work that into your question in your journey. Okay, so um, the important thing then is just to define what, what effectively for the purpose of your change or transformation is the current reality That you're wanting to either change or transform. So then once you've done that, you can ask questions like, show me what I am blind to in my, you know, however you define that current reality. Show me what I am deaf to. You know, even though you don't feel like you hear things from spirit, it's still a valuable question. Um, What is at the root of whatever it is that you want to change in my current reality, however you define that current reality? What is the true source of the dysfunction in whatever it is you want to change in your current reality? So you need to define some of the variables in the question, but basically use your journeying to make sure that you're really seeing and feeling and, and knowing the current reality accurately. Now often you'll get fear as the answer to these questions. And don't stop there. You need to follow up those journeys to find out what is the root of the fear or what is the true source of the fear. Fear is too general. Fear fear is almost always too general. It may be a true answer, but it's too general to work with. So if you get fear as the true answer to a question, that's great. But you're going to need to do some more journeying to understand fear of what? Where did it come from? What is the source of this fear? So you can get underneath it and really begin to work with it. I'm sure you're getting my point. The, but, you know, in, so in basically here, use your journey to first get clear on what you are working with and accurately see what is to the best of your ability. Um, and this is essential to being able to discern then whether or not you're looking for a change or a transformation. Because when you first start thinking about this, you might think, oh my God, this is an enormous transformation. How am I ever going to do this? But once you actually clarify what you want to transform and what your current reality really is, you may realize it's actually not as big as you thought now that you've done that work of clarity for yourself that now you're really just looking at maybe a couple changes that need to happen. It's possible. So so let's take grounding then, for example. So for the majority of people, grounding is actually an issue of change or having healthy grounding is actually an issue of change, not one of transformation. So people keep reaching for the um, healing event or the ayahuasca event or the shaktiput of the guru or some sort of event that will make them now a grounded person. So they're looking for that transformation that will create some fundamental transformation so now I will be grounded. But being grounded is an issue of choice. I mean, even after a major transformation, if you don't choose to behave in a way that is grounded, you still won't be more grounded. And so grounding is really an issue of change, changing your choices. And there's two primary choices that need to change. One is cultivation, that you are taking a moment in every day, if not a few moments in every day to cultivate grounding as an element of your actual energy body and that it moves with you as you go through the day. And then clearing, so clearing is then noticing what little hiccups arise as you are cultivating A healthy grounding cord that will support you for whatever the day has in store for you and you notice the beliefs, the issues, the whatever that arises as you do that that is contrary to having a happy, healthy grounding cord and that you clear those energies. And they will primarily be energies that if you had a good emotional clearing tool, you could clear. And for most people, those two things, maintaining those two things will change the qualitative state of their grounding. And this is what I mean by knowing whether you're reaching for change or reaching for transformation is critically important because those two things, which are changes, will absolutely change the quality of your grounding over a short period of time, which will then absolutely change your life. Absolutely. Right? No transformation needed. Just do what is necessary, make the two changes that are necessary to actually have a healthy grounding cord. Because, see, grounding is tied to your choices. And um, you already, you know, since you already believe grounding is good or that you already value being grounded, then you simply need to make the choices to align with those beliefs and values. So this then becomes a transformation issue only When after you have cultivated grounding and cleared the hiccups that arise as you cultivate grounding, over time you recognize that somewhere even more fundamental at the level of your soul or deep in your unconscious belief or values that you are carrying something that is contrary to the belief or the value in healthy groundedness or the ability that would be the soul issue, the ability to be grounded. In that case, you need some sort of transformation. So either there's been some soul loss that has sort of robbed you of the part of yourself who has the real capacity to be grounded or carries some message around fear that undermines the groundedness. That's a possibility on the soul level. It's also possible that there's deeply ingrained unconscious beliefs or values around not being grounded. Or fears around being grounded that come from childhood that are not aligned with your conscious awareness. And it takes some kind of actual transformation to get them to change. So with the soul issue, I would go directly to getting a soul retrieval. With the other issues, I would go directly to a fire ritual. Of course, I wouldn't throw... But I would do some more journey work to make sure that I am really throwing in the root or the true source of the beliefs or values that are undermining my um, conscious value in being grounded. And so that, you know, that stage, that transformation isn't really going to take root if you haven't already made the changes in your life to be grounded. So this is, this is really, um, you know, I've just used grounding because it's so fundamental it's universally needed by all of us for some people more so than others just because the nature of their constitution but my point is so much of what it is that we need to live differently and to really manifest a different belief system are changes and we culturally value the highs we don't value the consistency, the maintaining, the sustaining, the being bored with making the same choice day after day until that choice becomes our new way of being. And um, so learning to discern here, am I really looking for a change? And then what do I need to do to make that change happen? Um, and discern that as dis- distinctly different from, I really need a transformation and I'm going to have to hitch up my branches here. And, and actually step up to being willing to surrender my life as it is to transformation, which means I will not be in control anymore. Right. So this is primarily kind of the point really that I wanted to make in today's show. So when we talk about beginning an altar practice, beginning a clearing practice, beginning a journey practice, beginning a dance as transformation or a dance as um, integration practice. We talk about working with the elements. We talk about beginning to work with the spirits of the land and the great spirits of the land. These are all changes in our life because any one of these things we could stop doing. But any one of these things done well, any one of these things as a change made in life can change our life. And with my own students, this is almost always how the conversation begins when everything's gone sideways. Well, I got too busy and I stopped. You know, I stopped doing the things that were part of that change. I stopped my altar practice. I stopped my clearing practice. I stopped journeying. Those are really common. And it almost always begins the path of falling away from what it is that we – when we had it all together and things were working. And so it's important – I guess I didn't really see this until I'm now speaking this show is, – is that, that if, if there's a takeaway from this show, it's really beginning to honor and value the changes that we need to make and the need to maintain them. And in doing that, we're much better positioned for those things in life that do require transformation. And so transformation in it simply put transformation is required when something in the status quo needs to become different permanently the status quo of our spirit the status quo of what lives in our mind it can be the status quo of our heart or even the status quo of our body or our life and that is the point when we can call on the power of ritual and with our willingness to surrender control and open to whatever it is that needs to happen for the things that we need to transform, to actually transform. So I want to give thanks to all the helping spirits that help me have anything to say about things like this. I give thanks to the ancestors who've gathered around us, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that unites us all. Um, Very soon, maybe uh, either this week or next week, I will have the link up and available for those of you that want to register for the um, free, if you're attending live, the Shamanism Global Summit with many shamanic luminaries and they're even including yours truly. Um, So that uh, link is forthcoming. I will be sending it out directly to everybody on my mailing list and I will also post it on Why Shamanism Now's Facebook page so you can find it there as well. So thank you everyone for listening. Have a great week.